Welcome, welcome back to QC Hornets Nest, the podcast powered by the Charlotte Observer. I'm your host and resident beat writer, Rod Boone. This is your place to get all the latest buzz, news, and nuggets on the Charlotte Hornets. I'll be telling you stories other shows won't, and giving the inside access other shows can't. This week's ep, I'm joined by JT Thor. We discuss his growth in the second season, how getting more playing time of late is helping his confidence, Coach Steve Clifford's strong belief in him, his approach, what he enjoys doing off the court most, and more. So you ready? All right, let's go. Let's get it. Well, well, well. What would the Hornets season be without one more injury to have to update? And after losing LaMelo Ball for the season, Mark Williams' status is a little bit murky at this point. Um, we're not sure what's, what's happening with him in terms of his timetable and if, it was gonna play, if he's going to play again in the final dozen games or so. But, um, you know, that right thumb injury needs time to heal, from what I understand. So the Hornets, once again, in a season where it seems like every player has been injured at least once, continue with another unfortunate incident where the rookie center was actually getting really beneficial playing time, will not be able to be out on the court, it appears, anytime soon. So... Although it's happened so much this season, you have to get up to, it gets to a point where it's kind of find a bright side if you're a Hornets fan. And I guess there's two things in that regard. The one thing is it gives Kai Jones a chance to get more playing time that he otherwise probably would not have gotten because Nick Richards has to still play behind Mark Williams as the backup center. And you can't really play three guys. That's the issue that Steve Clifford ran into when they had Plum Dog, Mason Plumley, with the team. And you had Mark and Nick behind Mason. So same thing now with Kai. With Mark being down for who knows how long, maybe the season, who knows, um, it's going to give Kai these minutes that he actually needs to go out there and produce. As you can see, you know, he, he has flashes. Um, he gets in foul trouble at times. He still has to be able to learn when to um, use those fouls wisely. But the talent is there. So is the will and want, as we'll discuss later on in the mailbag. But that's kind of one of the, I would call it a good thing about Mark getting hurt because nothing is good about these injuries. But if something's going to actually come out of it, it could be that giving Kai some playing time um, that he otherwise would not have gotten could help him long-term, especially going to an off-season that will be a huge one for him as he tries to develop his game even more so. Again, we're getting to that in the mailbag coming up. But I guess the other thing, if you're a Hornets fan, is you know the Hornets are, to me, almost locked into that fifth, excuse me, that fourth spot in the standings overall in the NBA. Not going to be able to catch Houston for sure. You know, Houston is looking prime to be the worst team record-wise overall. But as we know, that doesn't mean it's going to happen that same in a lottery. Lottery is all about the bottom three teams having the same percentage, 14, 14% chance of landing the number one overall pick, while the number four team, in this case, could be the Hornets most likely, will have a 12.5%. So it's a 1.5% difference in teams. 
the Hornets are they have 22 wins going into this weekend's action while the second um the only team that has even close to that uh is basically the Spurs. The Spurs have 17 wins. So the Hornets are five games behind Spurs pace per se with about a dozen games or so to go. It would take a monumental, colossal, just streak by the Spurs to say, you know what, okay, the Hornets have a chance to be in that bottom three. So to me, it's time to start thinking about that fourth selection if you're going to end up there because I'm not sure you're going to get to that number one spot. Maybe you can get to two or three is possible, but number one is looking kind of iffy if things don't go your way with the amount of ping pong balls that you would have if you were in its bottom three as opposed to being in in the, the fourth spot. But nevertheless, however you want to slice it, the Hornets pretty much are going to cruise from here on out until the season is over and then figure out what's next. Because at this point, it's just about making sure that nobody else gets hurt and has any kind of major injury it's going to set you back even more so going into the offseason. You don't need that at all. And if you do get something like that, then, man, wouldn't that be the icing on the cake? But in a bad way. And, and you just don't want that right now if you're a Hornets fan. You want to get out of this rest of the season as healthy as possible and start looking toward 2023 2024 because this season is a wash in injuries and it can't end soon enough i'm sure if you're the hornets all right this week's mailbag is a question from twitter and it's at jx7 and it's a in-depth question asking given the recent opportunity for our young guns such as bryce kai and thor's and jt thor getting more minutes on the court, would you be able to break down their strengths and weaknesses and what they bring to the team? Well, let's start with the strengths. Weaknesses, not really sure. As, as this point, it's kind of fair to these guys because they're just still young players trying to find themselves. But for Bryce, I think his strength um, definitely is his athleticism and his will out there. You can see his basketball IQ. He's very smart on the floor. He likes to attack the basket and also works on his game uh, to be able to hit that jump shot. So I like his, you know, overall just flow out there on the floor. And you can see that he's still young, still has things to learn out there. He's still obviously, you know, just, you know, not 20 years old, but he's, he's going to be able to figure out. You can kind of see him and how he can, can develop moving forward for the Hornets. Um, you know, Kai is one of those players who, same, that's Bryce. He's very coachable. You can see he's very down to earth. The coaching staff likes him. He accepts his his responsibilities. He went to the G League, no problem. Didn't care that he was going down there. Actually looked at it as, as a beneficial thing and took advantage of it. And, um, you know, his biggest thing for him to me, as I wrote in my story um, after the game against Cleveland, the second game, second loss, was – 
he needs to be able to hit that jump shot, develop that eventually. And once he can do that, he'll be an even tougher player to guard because once they start closing out on him, then he can really blow by and make a play to get to the basket or um, try to, to uh, help out a teammate and find them on an open look. So I like Kai's game as well. I think that he can be a good player for them. You got to develop just like Bryce does. And JT, he has to do polish his offensive game. You can see his jump shot has gotten better. Um, he's confident in taking it because he's practiced it. But once he gets more of a in-between game and you know he's long, he can dunk. Once he can um, figure out to get that part of his of his overall repertoire in the right direction um, at the Hornets would like to see a little bit more versatility there, then he's going to be a good piece for them too. So your question, Jay, is a good one because the Hornets have some pieces here. You can tell that eventually they'll be able to kind of plug them in for real. Um, if they can get pieces around LaMelo Ball and build a, a kind of team to be a playoff-worthy kind of team. But those three guys you mentioned, Bryce, Kai, and JT, to me, they're part of Hornets' future, and I can definitely see them um, taking this last couple of dozen-plus games to use to be able to give themselves more confidence going into the offseason. So thanks again, Jay, for the question. Thank you guys again for participating with the mailbag. Again, it's my favorite part of the pod. I look forward to doing it every week, and I'm very grateful that you guys um, enjoy as much as I do interacting with each other. So thank you very much. All right, well, I'm here with JT Thor. Thanks for joining me this week, JT. Appreciate it, man. I know you're a busy guy. Um, just first of all, you're getting a little more playing time now. Um, last couple of weeks here, even the month of the season, how has it benefited you in terms of your growth going from last year to this year to be a, the player you want to be? Um, I'll tell you what the big difference is. I know, I know where I'm at. Uh, pretty much on the wherever I'm at on the floor, I know where I'm at on defense and offense. You know, I'm not lost or I'm not wandering. Uh, with each possession. And uh, this year, Coach Cliff is really emphasizing each possession. You got to take care of the ball. You got to know what you're doing. You got to know where you're at. And um, I think he I think he got a lot of trust for me just for knowing that type of stuff. So it's going well. He has a lot of trust in you, man. He's actually mentioned a couple of times to me when I talked to him about you that he actually appreciates um, just your mentality and your approach because he says the way – he plays you minutes-wise, it's kind of hard to get into a rhythm, man. So when you hear coach praise you about being a team player, like how does that make you feel? Oh, it feels good because, you know, uh, he's the head coach. He makes all, all the decisions. So when you got someone who, who who can make those decisions and has that power, you, you want you want to do it as much as you can. Um, not not that I do it just for that because, you know, I love the game and I, and I strive to be, to be a better player, but it all goes in hand. How is coach giving you that confidence? How has he helped you specifically this year, would you say, to, to be a better player? Uh, he, he doesn't he doesn't differentiate the young guys and the old guys. He expects everybody to know the same things. Um, if one of the young guys gets something wrong, he's he's going at them like they they should know it already. So uh, keeping that in the back of our head. So he's a uh, he 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 makes sure we're on top of things for sure. That's that's kind of cool to hear that because a lot of people um, don't know I guess that about Coach. See, he he some some people say that maybe he plays young guys not as much as they want to, but to hear him say that, I mean, for you as a young guy, um, you know. How, what is he doing to give you guys like said, that, that confidence? If he's telling you to, to make sure that you know how you should be on the floor out there, how is that helping you when you actually get on the floor and know what to do, basically? Um, well, well at, at the end of the day, just basketball, like we all, we all have our own self confidence, our own ego. And uh, so when coach, when coach has that 
and instills that trust in you, it just it just it just enlightens it. It just it just lowers it up. So so um yeah. I know for you too, your jump shot has become something you worked on a lot about uh last year or so, man. How have you been able to kinda get that part of the game to um be a little bit better than it was when you first came in? How much more do you want to improve with that shot? Because you seem like you get that shot a lot, uh three point shot you open a lot out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a shot that I've been working on continuously. Um, and in the games, it's gonna it's, it's it's more of a confidence thing with me because you know in practice I make a lot of shots in the games. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a well, it's a matter if I get the ball or not because you know sometimes I don't get the ball. Sometimes I do get the ball. So you know I gotta play. I gotta be able to make shots as soon as I get the ball and be shot ready. A lot of times I'm not shot ready, but um, it's it's a it's a process and I'm and I'm definitely going towards the right direction. Yeah, the, the shot ready part. Is that one of the things as a pro is learning um, to be ready like that? Because again, I'm assuming in college those shots weren't theirs as much, right? Because in college is a little bit different. How is just the, the game from college different than the pro game so far from what you've seen out there in the court? Oh, I'll say in college, like I knew I was getting the ball, like, uh, and uh, and this type of this this type of environment is like a. So I'm a young guy. I gotta wait my turn. I gotta I gotta. Be ready at all times. If I don't get the ball at all, or if I get the ball a hundred times in the game, you never know. So it's just you got to be ready the whole time, and uh, that's something that I gotta keep the mentality and going every game. And then your defense is obviously one of your strengths, man. Your length. Um, how have you been able to kind of get that going out there this year and be a little more versatile than maybe you have been the previous years? Is it more about again just knowing where to be and just being more focused on what coach wants you to to do out there? Or what is it? Oh yeah, knowing you knowing your spots, knowing where you're supposed to be at, knowing when you're in help. And uh, getting back in transition, a lot of it is effort, um, and then just using my length as well. It just it just adds it just adds a great bonus to it. Now a lot of veteran players too have talked you up this year. We we not discuss um, you know you with them. Man, who would you say are veteran guys who has been probably the most um, beneficial for you in terms of giving you advice and, and being somebody you go to to talk to about things on the team? Um, really, uh, Gordon, Terry, and uh, PJ. Even even though he's not really a vet. I say he's a vet on our team, you know, to watching them, watching them, how they approach the game, watching them, what they're doing. And um, I, I learned from that just by seeing things, you know. Um, other than that, we just had conversations about basketball, about a lot of other stuff. So, you know, it just, it just I have a great bond with those guys. So, so it's amazing. It's cool. You mentioned other stuff. Um, you know, when you were at Auburn, man, before you got here, how did playing with those guys, how did playing Tiger basketball, how did that help you get to the point that you are right now as a pro? Oh, uh, well, for one thing, Coach Bruce, Coach Pearl has a has a very defensive mindset. So, you know, if you if you watch the Auburn games, the defensive energy is never a problem. Um, so that's what I carry. That's what I carry. That's what I try to carry uh, into these games, and uh, and that's what Coach Clear. That's why I, I, it's kind of a similarity with them coaches too. They both they're both on it. You know, they're both they're both fired up every time. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, a lot. Sure. Um, what is what has been the biggest thing that you have to adjust to um, off the off the court? Uh, not so much on the court, but off the court being a pro. You know, when you go from college to being a pro, um, you're on your own now and stuff like that in a city where you, you weren't, I guess, familiar with too much. Like, what's it like being a pro? What, what, what do you – how different is it for you to, to be here and go through things now than it was when you were? Well, I'll say like the only difference is uh, I, I'm not I – have, I have money that I have now. And uh, a lot of people around me will probably look at me different or probably because I have more money, you know. You know how, like, how mm-hmm. people are. Mm-hmm. Um Honestly, that, that's like the only thing that really changed. Other than that, nothing has really changed my life. You know, I still play basketball every day. I still, my passion that I love, I still still play video games, still talk to my friends, you know. Um, 
So it's, it's pretty good. You mentioned video games, man. What's your favorite video game to play? Oh, uh, I got a couple. I like Call of Duty. I play a Fortnite, 2K. I still played all those games. Which one do you think uh, you're the best at? Uh, well, I'll say actually UFC. Okay. Yeah, that's that's UFC. I like that game a lot. I play. I, like, I knock my friends out a lot. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, do you guys have any team battles like a two K or anything? Like, do you guys play each other or no? Not not too much. Uh, we or well, actually in preseason before the, the season was getting it down, we uh we actually played a lot. I played a lot with Melo, Mark, PJ, uh, Teo, Kai. Who's who's, who's who's the best out of that group? Who, who's killing each other? Um. We're playing the same team, actually. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're playing the same team. How, how, how tough was that to actually, you know, be whatever, the five-on-five five and play on the same team and actually, like, know who to pass the ball to and whatnot out there? Uh, it's really just ISO, and then if you don't got nothing, you just kick it. Yeah. It's really, yeah. <laughs> um, what else do I do besides play video games, man? What else, what else kind of gets you going out there? Um, sure, I like, I like to eat, eat out, you know. Um, really eat out. Watch TV, watch play video games, just like a normal college lifestyle. What's your favorite spot to eat in Charlotte? Um, I've been to. Oh, what's that? Uh, what's that one called? Kobe? Is it the Kobe the Korean barbecue? That's probably oh, my, that's probably oh, top five. okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, tell me, man. What, I mean, what about like driving, like into car or stuff like that too? Or you haven't got to that far yet? Oh uh, yeah, I got a car. I got a Range Rover, all black Range Rover. When I was younger, I used, to, I used to like cars a lot. You know, me and my boys used to always you used to be outside just looking at cars and then just call them if you liked it. So that type of stuff. Right. So, that's uh, that, that's my car, right? That yeah, kind of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> used to do that a lot. So now that you have your own Range Rover, what's that like, man? Oh uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's like it's like it's like I expect it, but it's still a dream. You know, like, I I had I never had this type of stuff, but it's like it's a it's just a blessing, and I'm very grateful. Can you put into words, you mentioned the dream, can you put into words what this experience has been like for you, man? Does it seem like it still is all um, surreal to go from college playing, getting drafted, second round pick to actually being on the court and being a contributor for the team in your, in your second year, man? Um, it's, a, it's a lot to be grateful for. You know, a lot of people aren't in my position. Uh, I don't take it for granted at all. I, I, I keep working and, uh, and I deserve to be in the position because of the work that I put in. So I'm going to just keep working. Just last thing is tell me what's your goal these next uh whatever it is, eleven, ten games you guys have left. What what do you want to accomplish individually to make sure going to all season that you have had the season that you want to so you can be even better in year three? Uh I wanna I wanna just go out there and uh, play my hardest these next thirteen games, you know, try to get thirteen wins. So uh, we're still we're still even win win a bad spot right now, but we could, we still got these that thirteen games that we could prove a lot. Prove that I can uh just be out there and uh just keep having fun at the end of the day. And the last thing is, how do you guys? Uh, you had a lot of injuries this year. Um, how have you guys been able to kind of st- still stick through it, persevere despite being able to be man down almost every game? It seems like. Uh yeah, it just you know it just it's kind of the normal now. I feel like uh, so many guys been down throughout the course of the year, so you just got to be ready. One day you might feel like you don't you don't play, but then someone gets hurt, you're playing mm-hmm. 25 minutes, so you got to stay ready. That's, that's what I see. So the Auburn basketball um, playing Iowa in the first round. Yep. What about that game, and how do you see that going for Auburn fans, man? Oh, you know, it's War Eagle, so I got Auburn all day. Um, Iowa's a great team. They got a uh, Murray. They got a uh, – see, they got, they got some guys that I know. But Auburn, Auburn, we're going to fight. We're going to – we got the energy. We got uh, We got Alabama, so, you know.
Jeg siger. <laughs> cool. Thanks, JT. <laughs> Thanks, JT. All right, well, let's look ahead here. The Hornets have a couple of days off in between games after they had that two-game series against the Cavs. Um, they don't have another game until Friday night against the Sixers at home when they welcome old friend Jalen McDaniels into town. Um, we'll see how that game shakes out. But that, to me, is interesting because the Hornets have problems with Joel Embiid anyway. And with them being banged up with Mark Williams potentially being out for that game and just having potentially just Nick Richards and Kai Jones, that could be a that could be a rough one because Joel Embiid has killed the Hornets anyway, even before they had somebody like Mark Williams and Nick Richards to kind of throw at them um, body wise and see what they can do. So that game will be a rough one, most likely for the Hornets on a Friday night. After that, they have a couple of days off before they host the Pacers, who are struggling in their own right. So that could be a game the Hornets can win. Um, this is the last game of a five-game homestand before they head off to a rough back-to-back in New Orleans and Dallas. So of the next four games coming up, potentially maybe one is a, a gimme winnable game. Um, I wouldn't even call it a gimme. I would say it's, it's a game potentially winnable. Um, but the Hornets are so banged up, you never know what you're going to get from these guys at any given point, any given night. So we'll have to kind of see how that two-game road trip transpires on that back-to-back, but it could be another rough week upcoming for the Hornets. All right, time for a random stat. And you might like this one if you're a Dennis Smith Jr. fan. Um, DSJ, as we know, has had a resurgence this year under the Hornets' guidance of Steve Clifford, and he's been... Very impressive off the bench, especially um, when the Hornets have needed him. So he is probably, considering Cody Martin's been hurt all year, DSJ is the Hornets' best defender out there. And this explains just how good he is on the floor for the Hornets. Their defense improves by 11.2 points per 100 possessions with him on the court this season according to cleaning the glass. That's the best mark in the NBA of any player to log at least 400 minutes. So that tells you his impact right there. Again, the defense improves by 11.2 points per 100 possessions with him on the court for cleaning the glass. And it's the best mark in the NBA among all players to have logged at least 400 minutes. DSJ, between trying to throw down dunks on people and showing his lockdown defensive kind of style, I think it's definitely found a home here with the Hornets. And we'll see how it transpires moving forward. But that stat alone tells you just how good DSJ has been for the Hornets this season. So there you have it. Many, many thanks to my guest, J.T. Thor. And thank you so very much for joining for the latest episode of QC Hornets Nest. I'm Rod Boone. For more Hornets content, check out charlotteobserver.com. And for special offer to gain full access, click the link in my stories where it says, support my work with a digital subscription. All right, till next time, we 